0: with you, Susan Rosen.
1: Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, and my guest today is Nina Manelson. I think I got it right. Did I get it right? Totally. Okay. You did. Good. <laughs> All right. And Nina is a body peace coach which is really interesting. And I'm going to hand it over to her to introduce herself and tell us a little more about that. Yeah. So, you know, the, the
2: often the most curious thing people say after I say I'm a body peace coach, they're curious about like, well, what the heck is that? So a body peace coach is basically someone who helps, women feel at home in their body, feel at peace in their body. Because unfortunately, most of us know what body war is, right? That feeling of struggling with your food, with how you look in the mirror. It's that feeling like, ah, I can't do it right. Or I wish I hadn't eaten that. Or if I could only just lose those 10, 20, 50, you know, whatever pounds. That struggle is the war that. So many of us have experienced women and men. And so in my, both my personal evolution, because I was like the queen of body war. So my work is really comes out of my own evolution of healing my relationship with my food and body and my professional journey of becoming a therapist, um, really diving deep into the psychology of eating, body trust work, um, intuitive eating work, out of that grew this body of work that I've created, which is body peace. And what it fundamentally is, is how do we create a relationship with our body that feels sustainable for the long haul? Because so many of us have done the like, I got it. I got the new program. This is it. I am so gung ho. I am excited. It is working. Awesome. Aren't I great? Let me post my before and after pictures. This is how I'm going to be forevermore. And we show all our friends and they're like, how did we do it? And then uh, a year later, two years later, you know, the statistics say 95% oh, yeah. of people gain yeah. their weight back, right. if not more, from two to five years, yeah. right? Yeah. So somewhere Where? in there, the whole thing unravels. Yeah. So we all know what that temporary, what I call body management system is. Yeah. So what I'm interested in doing is not having a temporary body management system that breaks down. I'm interested in having a relationship with mm-hmm. our body that goes the duration, that can actually stand the test of time because we know as we age our body changes in all sorts of oh, ways yeah. that are really sometimes a little surprising you're like wait what what wait, what happened there? <laughs> I know right and so when we have a relationship yeah. with our body that feels supportive that feels respectful mm. that feels responsive that feels truly nourishing we can move through the cycles of our life without being like Okay, I'm going to go back to, I don't know, keto. I'm going to go back to Weight Watchers for the 100th millionth time. I'm going to go back to Noom for the 50th time. No, those don't work. We know we've all done them. So how do we create a different way is we create a different relationship with our body, and that's body peace.
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's that's wonderful. No, and I, and I'm, while I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, my own journey decades ago, um, you know, having been a fat little kid and a fat mm-hmm. teenager mm-hmm. <laughs> and a fat okay. and 20 year old, you know. Right.
2: And Susan, what you're talking about is so important, which is that those childhood experiences and how often we were stigmatized, and put on diets, and told that we weren't okay, that that experience with our body impacts how we are in relationship with our body now. And we deserve to shift that just like if we've had trauma in our childhood. By now, if you're somebody who's worked on yourself, you've maybe been to therapy, you've maybe done a workshop, you've read a book, you're like, okay, how do I unpack this trauma, whether it was sexual trauma, violence, relationship trauma. You're like, you know what? Let me unpack this and do some healing. The same principles apply to how we were treated in our body. And it might not have been, oh, I was a fat kid. And everybody called me fat and I wasn't picked on the team. And, you know, for me, it was I couldn't get up the ridiculous rope you were supposed to climb in gym class, right? Whatever that memory is in your head Mm -hmm. or whether it wasn't even, I wasn't a fat kid, but somehow in teenage life, all the girls were on a diet and talking about what diet. And so then I started going on diets and then suddenly my body wasn't okay. We need to do that work. We need to do that unpacking of what I call our body story in Mm. order to create a new narrative, because otherwise. And I've worked with women in their 60s, 70s, 80s who have said, I don't want to die hating my body. And when I say, Mm. when did you start hating your body? Oh, I was 10. Oh, I was 13. Oh, I was in college.
1: Yeah, right? or, oh, I, oh, learned. I, I always did. I didn't know I wasn't I, supposed to. I started out life that way, right?
2: Oh my gosh, exactly. I didn't <laughs> know I wasn't supposed to hate my body. I yeah. didn't know that that wasn't supposed to be a narrative all the time that my body wasn't okay and that it was supposed to be fixed. That my body was broken and that I needed to be fixed. Ouch, 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 yeah. ouch. That is painful, And the truth is that we were not born this way. We were born in a body that we can trust. We Mm. were born in a body that told us exactly, I'm hungry, I'm full, my diaper's wet, I need changing, right? I am tired. We knew those cues and we knew how to holler for them,
1: for (laughs) them to be addressed.
2: And then quite early on, for many of us, we Mm. lost those cues along the way. And so part of this journey, of having a relationship with our body that truly feels solid, that feels like we're in or allies with each other, me and my body. Mm. We're on the same team. We're not adversaries. Like I need to control her. Right. One of the big things that we want to be doing is learning how to re-listen, re-honor, re-be considerate in the way that we did
1: so naturally
2: as baby.
0: Mm. Okay. <laughs>
1: it's funny it, like with like with everything right it's like there's certain parts of of that whole thing that really resonate with me and other ones are like yeah i could see where that could be but it wasn't how i felt mm-hmm. right because we're totally. all we all have different different shades of gray in the in the whole we thing. all
2: have our own yeah. body story yeah right yeah. And that is really important. What is your body story? Some people are like, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I like a childhood was fine. And then I had kids and then all bets were off. Right. Some people were like, you know what? I always felt like I knew exactly what to eat. I could trust myself. And then, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what to eat anymore. I like, I'm lost. I've been on so many diets. I don't even Mm. know. Right. Everybody has their journey. And it's important for us to honor that. Where did we come from in terms of this relationship? And and I really want to emphasize, this is a relationship. And it's the most important relationship of our life. Because it's the longest relationship of our life. We're born into this body. And we will die in this body. And this body, the relationship we have with this, this body, impacts every other relationship in our life. Right. When I talk Mm -hmm. to women and I say, so, you know, what do you notice when you're feeling really good in your body, when you're feeling kind of all that, you know, you're feeling Mm. like, you know, strong and you feel, you know, sensual and you feel embodied. What what happens in your life? And women say, you know, I feel very outgoing. I ask for the raise. I get the promotion. I put myself out there in love. My sex life gets better. My friends, like the feels like deeper mm. conversations. I am more visible in life. And I ask, mm. well, what happens when you're feeling shame around what you ate yeah. or shame around your body, or you're choosing clothes that you feel like you need to hide your body. Oh, I withdraw. My mm. mood goes down. I feel less than I compare myself to other women and that's painful and so when we actually do the work of healing our relationship with our food and body it impacts all the relationships in our life and who we are we get to be more ourselves more who we're meant to be in the world
1: yeah oh no absolutely absolutely and and i think the other thing too is that we we don't and i think you kind of said this in in what in the conversation but we don't, we stop looking to other people for the validation.
2: Yes. Oh, it's such a tender, tender subject, right? That like, am I okay? How do these jeans look? How, how does this thing look? Right? Like, (laughs) is this, am I, am I okay? Right. And I'll, yeah, um, Yeah. there's in that, that comparison, like, am I fatter than her walking down the street? Do I look like, you know, how Uh am I? Tell me I'm okay and there's a very important aspect of that idea of valid external validation especially uh-huh. when we look at the aging process so in archetypal psychology there's this idea that we move from sort of this princess stage to queen to crone right and that princess oh, yeah. stage is what do you think of me am i okay tell me i'm good right i see myself through your eyes when we get to queen in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and in, in crone, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. I don't care what you think of me. Exactly. I, know who I, am. <laughs> I know who I am. I know my yeah. value. I know my worth. And many of the women that I talk to, I tend to work with women who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, um, many of the women say, you know what? I feel so confident. in so many aspects of my life basically saying I feel like the queen in many aspects of my life except in my body and with food I still feel like I'm looking for that right size if I could just fit into that dress if I could just lose that amount of weight if I could just look that way in the picture for the wedding in August right Mm -hmm. it's always that like if I could, and, and wanting to be seen a certain way. And mm-hmm. we need to catch our relationship up with our body to the rest of our sense of competence and aging
1: and wisdom. Yeah, no. And, and you're, and you're right. And the the thing actually that just kind of came to mind is that in over the last, what, probably 10 years, 12 or 15 years, there are so many men now who are acting the same way that the women are. Yes. As far as their body. So bodies true. Go. Yeah. So I mean, it's true. just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's, Historically. It's we right. do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Historically, men have been allowed to age, right? You see that mm-hmm. in in the movies, in our media. Men mm-hmm. have been allowed to age. And now, not so much, right? Mm-hmm. All of that you know, fat phobic size, you know, ism and yeah. you know, age ism is showing up for men too, unfortunately.
1: Yeah.
2: Kinda of sad. Sad yeah, that we it, have.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is, because you would hope that the women would have become a little more like the men were instead of the men becoming <clears throat> more like the women.
2: Well, and it's, it's starting to happen, though, for younger women, mm-hmm. because for younger women, they're getting early on, they're getting messages of body positivity, they're getting Lizzo talking about body neutrality, they're getting ads for bathing suits that include women in larger bodies, they are actually starting to get the messages that we That's never it. ever got. Because wow, all we got was, great. you know, 17 magazine, and this is the size you're supposed yeah. to be. And if you're not, sorry, you're out of luck. And there's no love for you, and there's no success for you. And there's no, you know, all the good things, you don't get them because you don't
1: have the right body. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not fair. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm, I'm glad things are changing. Because it's a... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> You know, i I was going to say because I'm not. I'm not going to be taking advantage of it. But that has. That's not exactly what I mean. What I mean is that I don't need that mm-hmm. anymore. I'm glad that they're not going to need it either. Yeah.
2: Yes. And that's, yeah. Uh, and my hope is, my hope is that that does change <clears throat> the culture. However, on the flip side of that. You have Instagram influencers and you have fitness gurus and you have all these people who are glorifying ultra thinness again and they're photoshopped. So you, so there's mixed messages, right? Sometimes I mostly work with women who are over 40, but sometimes a, a younger woman will come. And the first thing we talk about is let's change what's coming at you in terms of social media. Right. And that it applies as well to older women and men is what are uh-huh. you seeing in terms of the media? Because at this point, we can actually now control that. If you're on Instagram, if you're on Facebook, you can, you know, delete and block certain ads. And the more you do that, the mm-hmm. more you get images that are representation, that are a representation of age, of diversity
1: of size, of diversity of human.
2: Mhm mhm
1: mhm and success being a part of that yes yeah
2: Although one of the things I'm not seeing, I'm seeing a lot of diversity of size of younger women, but you Uh start getting into, um, social media of older people, no size diversity there. You're still supposed to be, if you're, if you're a silver haired woman, you're supposed to still be thin that then, then suddenly we've, we've made aging palatable to the masses. I'm like, um, no, so there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go in terms of representing people of all ages of all sizes of all colors,
1: of all shapes, of all you know actually humanity, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, and you know the the other side of it too is that um you know it it's a matter really more of are you healthy? you know some people are healthy when they're like this, you know they're little tiny skinny. People And some people yeah. are healthy when they're, when they're a larger size,
0: um, Absolutely. you know, maybe
1: not really huge. I'm, you know, are, or I may be prejudiced on that. I just having been involved in health and all of that, I, I'm not sure how healthy that well, is. Well, it's
2: an interesting, but the whole conversation of health is a really interesting one, right? Because who's defining health, right? right. So first of all, it's one of the things I imagine you talk to people about and I talk to people about is like, what is your version of health? Right. Is it mobility? Is it flexibility? Is it strength? Is it, you know, lung capacity? Right. For each of us a different place. Sometimes health is making it through cancer. Right. Like we have different definitions of health all along the way. So first let's get clear on what exactly health means because our society does this thing of like, Finn is healthy. And then you get the gold star. I'm like, whose version of healthy? So, and then what you're speaking to Susan is so important, which is this idea of health at every size. And there's literally a book called health at every size and a whole movie at every size. Yeah. And the idea, exactly what you're saying, which is you can be healthy in a small body, and you can also be unhealthy at a small body, depending on what again, what your definition of health and well being is, you can be unhealthy in a large body, and you can be healthy, unhealthy, you can have mobility, you may have a heart issue, you may not have a heart issue, you may have stable blood sugar at a very in a very large body and low blood pressure at a very in a very large body, your mobility may be a little compromised. Like, whose definition, right? Mm -hmm. Whose definition for me for a long time, my idea of health was because I'm a swimmer was lung capacity. How far could I swim? How strong? And then my knees started to do weird things. I was like, I think I'm going to redefine healthy for a minute here because now health is joint mobility and joint Ah. well-being. Right. So let's get clear. What are we actually working with Mm -hmm. in our Mm -hmm. body instead of this idea? Like, I'm going to be healthy. And if I go on this diet, here's the promise of health because that's what our culture says, right? Lose seven pounds in seven days equals you will be healthy. And that is just not the truth. It's just not. We're way more nuanced than that. And we want to be because It's bioindividuality. What's happening in this body? What's happening in this amazing human being? And what do you need? What does this incredible miracle of a body need for support at this age and stage, right? If you Mm -hmm. talk to my mom, who's 91, and ask her her version of health, it's going to definitely be different than mine, right? And if you ask her, what does she do to support her health? It's different than mine. But for her, that's the stage she's in. Yeah. So to really honor where are we? What is our relationship with our body? How do we want to support that relationship? And what is our idea of well-being? And to get specific and not buy that weight loss and thinness
1: equals well-being. It's just not the truth. No, that's that's very true. That's very true. Um <clears throat> And it is always what what kind of comes to mind is um, is which I don't think it's quite as common now as it was maybe like thirty years ago or so, but it's of of um, that and and I think now men and women do it <laughs> probably still do to it is they look at themselves in the mirror and they go oh I'm fat hmm and then mm-hmm. they get super 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 skinny which is not mm-hmm. healthy no and they're like oh yeah yeah no i'm healthy no i'm healthy oh look at me look at me and you know and it's like we've never quite been able to get over that hump of of people going going that way super you know but then again there are just as many people i guess who who exercise to an excess
2: Yeah. So it's interesting,
1: right? That idea of like,
2: I'm going to take control. I call that body management. I'm going to take control. I'm going to get myself in shape. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to get going with this. It's a bit aggressive. And honestly, if you were in a relationship with somebody else and they were like, okay, let's get serious. This is the way you'd be like, um, no, I'm no." You can't be yelling at me like this. You can't be being pushy like this. I'm not doing it. And that's why they fail. That's why all eventually those things don't work because it puts us into the restrictive, bossy body management. And then we're going to absolutely have that swing to I'm not doing that. Our inner rebel shows up, our inner desire for for self-agency. Don't tell me what to do shows up. Um, And Susan, I want to go back to what you said Uh when you said uh, that statement, I feel fat. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do is I write poetry about our relationship with our body and our food. And and I've been doing this for several years. And one of the very first poems that I wrote was called I Feel Fat. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if I can share it with you. Sure. Oh, I'd love that. Okay. It speaks to what's underneath that. What the, mm-hmm. What's the code that when we say I feel fat, what, what actually do we mean? Because fat becomes this sort of slur and um, sort of painful placeholder. So this yeah. poem is called I Feel Fat. Sitting in my therapist's too soft sofa, I'd exclaim with deep despair, I feel fat. And patiently, week after week, she said, if you weren't feeling fat, what would you be feeling? It took me months to understand the question. What do you mean if I wasn't feeling fat? I do feel fat. I feel unacceptable. I should do something about the number on the scale. I should fix my non-perfect body. No, really, this is all about my size. I believed it until I didn't until the cultural brainwashing started to thaw. Fat is not a feeling. Fat is a size. It's a descriptor. Feeling fat is a placeholder. It's a placeholder for so many feelings that don't have words, feelings that don't have permission to be felt, feelings that don't know how to go out. So they turn back on me and attack my self-worth. I decoded feeling fat. It means I feel sad, mad, disappointed, angry, overwhelmed, confused, uncomfortable, jealous, and every other feeling. And sometimes it was easier to feel fat. It's familiar. It's the known pain instead of the terror of the deeper feeling underneath the fat. But here's the secret. That deeper feeling has wisdom. It doesn't tear you to shreds. It doesn't disown your body. It invites you home it invites you to your knowing to your innate wisdom so my question to you is if you weren't feeling fat what would you be feeling
1: mm-hmm. very good i like that i like that yeah. a lot yeah definitely so many
2: people get caught in that oh gosh i feel fat let's unpack that what does that actually mean is it mm-hmm. i'm unlovable right? Mm-hmm. I've lost my partner. Or I've divorced my partner, or I'm moving on to another partner. I'm trying to find another partner. And suddenly, Oh my gosh, I have to get naked with somebody new. I feel fat. Well, what does that mean? It means I feel vulnerable. I feel like maybe somebody won't love me or all of me, or maybe it's hard for me to actually feel sensual because I'm so obsessed with body checking and looking at my rolls or my wrinkles or my scars, right? There's yeah. so much inside, I feel fat, that's mm-hmm. worth looking
1: at and healing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it's interesting, what comes to mind is, um, what then is the difference? If somebody says, I feel fat, mm-hmm. with, I am fat? It depends. It's a great question. It depends yeah.
2: if they are using fat as a slur, If they live in a large body, okay, so you're fat, congratulations. You live in a tall body, you're tall, congratulations. Like, welcome to being in a body. They come in different sizes. That's one thing. If they say, I'm fat, like it's the worst thing in the world. Okay, where did you get those messages? Who told you that being fat was an insult? Who told you that being in a larger body was not okay? Right. Who told you that your value, your self worth was the size of your body. Let's unpack that one. Let's look at that and heal that because you don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. We all have value. We all have worth. And your size is not your worth.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry. I'm just thinking in the back of my, my brain, I'm thinking of how I, how, my view changed. Mm. Um, but but it's funny because it wasn't I always felt I always felt fat growing up. Probably because my I have three older brothers and they all told me I was fat. And my and mother wasn't is. much good much much better about it. <laughs> right.
2: So if that's the message that we're always getting yeah. you're fat. You're fat. You're fat. And at that time of our culture, fat was not a descriptor.
1: It was an insult. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah so yeah well it was actually kind of it was kind of kind of both that's the problem it was really it was both of those things tied up together
2: right so it was an insult and it was a descriptor and, of right. i live in a large body yeah. right yeah. but they both went together oh so who mm-hmm. i am is not okay right. right Yep. and then we have to make that shift to you know what My size does not define who I am and my value and how I am in the world. And the reality is, is in our culture, at least the culture that I grew up in, if you lived in a large body, you were largely ignored or picked on. Those were the options, right? So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of emotional healing that goes with claiming our relationship with our body, not from a place of I'm broken and I need fixing, but from a place of, I want to support myself in feeling vital, in feeling
1: good about life, in feeling
2: like this is a good place to live, this
1: body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. You know, what about, I don't know, the thing that comes to mind for me is um, what about when being, I'll use the word overweight, but I'm not, not trying to be <laughs> nasty about it, but um, when it actually interferes with your life. Okay. So there's a couple of things to
2: unpack in that question. One is the term overweight, over what weight? Who decided, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's okay. a good thing just to be aware of. People say that all the time. To right? me. Well, I'm overweight. I'm like, who? Yeah. What weight? Who said what the right weight was? Right, a chart that was made by an insurance company. Right, that was then given to a doctor. Right, that went with some scale that they gave the doctor for free. Like, like what? Uh Wait, what are we looking at (laughs) here? Right, we there's so many terms around our relationship with our body that are taken as norms that we have to go like, wait a second here. So if we're talking about what if living in a larger body. Uh feels like it gets in the way of your life okay in what way is it a mobility issue right Mm -hmm. and there are stories um you know uh one of them from i think i if i'm remembering correctly uh christy harrison's anti-diet book and different places where two Mm -hmm. people walk into the doctor a a father and a daughter and the Uh daughter says um there's something wrong with my knee And the doctor says, great, here's physical therapy. And the father says, there's something wrong with my knee, similar injury or or issue going on. And the doctor says, you need to lose weight. So why wasn't the father given PT? Right? So when we start looking at, is size the issue, we have to look at, honestly, lazy doctoring which is, oh, you have a blood blood sugar issue, lose weight. Oh, you have back pain, lose weight. Oh, you have knee problems, lose weight. Hello? One of the questions, if somebody's listening and that's happening to them is to say, what would you say to somebody if they said the exact same thing and they were in a smaller body than I was? Because Mm -hmm. the reality Mm -hmm. is we can do so many supportive things to our body at any size. That will support our bodies, mobility, agility, energy levels, right. all these things. But when we make weight loss the goal, we lose mm-hmm. because weight loss actually fails, right? We talked about yeah. that. 95% yeah. of people yeah. go on diet oh, no. gain oh, their way sure. back, if not more, yep. in two to five years, right? We know that mm-hmm. statistic and we've all experienced it. So if mm-hmm. we go to weight loss as the goal. Yep. We miss all the good stuff on the way, which is how do yeah. I want to support myself? Because all yeah. we're going to do is fail. Yeah. So yeah. let's succeed and saying, Oh, my knee is an issue. Okay. Let me go to PT. Let me do some exercises. Maybe let me try to do some, you know, special mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. wear a brace, like do all the things, tape it yeah. up, whatever. Let's do those things that you would do if you were in a small body and you had that injury. If your blood mm-hmm. sugar is not stable, what would you do if you had a small body? You would add more protein, add more fat, eat a little more regularly, try to balance your blood sugar, mm. right? Let's do those things. Let's not attack the size. Let's respond to the actual issue, right? Again, mm-hmm. size is not the issue. Yeah. 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 respond to I think who we are as humans right. is the issue.
1: And that, I think that's the problem. I think that's definitely the problem is that, that people's, a lot of doctors in particular, but you know, people period, I think the majority yeah. are, they look at it and go, Oh, it's your size that's causing yeah. that. It, it's your yep. weight, you know, that, that you're walking around with, that's making your knee hurt. Or, yeah. you know, it's like, well, Great, but why wasn't it hurting, you know, three years ago when I weighed the same amount? Of my, same amount. There's got to be yes. some other, you know. Exactly.
2: So I was out for dinner with a girlfriend of mine who knows exactly what I do and has uh-huh. been my friend for years. And she goes, but Nina, what if I want to just lose weight? And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about this. And we were sitting at Mexican food. So there was a plate of wok and there was a plate of chips and yeah. there was a plate of salsa. Yeah. And I was like, and there was an empty plate in front of me. And I was like, okay, let's put weight loss on this plate, this empty plate. You want this plate, right? But if we just go for, I want weight loss, we'll never get to that plate. So let's discuss. You want weight loss, but what's baked into weight loss? What do you want? She says, well, I want to feel better about myself. Okay, I was like, okay, what does that mean? She's like, I would just feel more confident. I was like, great. So I took the plate of guac and I put that, I just moved weight loss plate a little bit further away. And I put confidence, put the guacamole right in front of me. I was like, okay, that's what you want. You want that. And if you felt that way, then what would happen? She was like, well, I think I would actually like go to the gym more because I would feel better about myself. I was like, great. You would be more active. I was like, great. Let's take that salsa. That's the plate. We'll put the salsa after the guac. Great. And then if you felt more confident and we're going to the gym, then how would you feel? She's like, I think I would have more energy. So like, great. So let's take the chips and we'll put that to energy. And I was like, so do you notice where weight loss went? It went to the back. It went. It's like not important because what we're going for is what we actually want and what's right. achievable, which is yep. let's do the work of you feeling good in your body. Because when we feel good, when we have that positive relationship, compassionate, caring, supportive relationship with our body, we do. The research shows we are more likely to engage in the activities that support a human body. Okay, great. Now I'm being more active. Because in all the ways the diets fail, all those long-term studies, being active wins, right? We want to move. Yeah. If you ask my mom, 91 years old, what does is, what is success look like in your body? She's like, keeping moving, right? Yeah. That's what we want. We want to keep doing stuff. So great. So now she's got that plate of salsa, right? She's like in that place of activity. Great. And now I've gotten into, into activity and now I feel I have more energy in my life to do life. Mm-hmm. And the weight loss, eh, my body's going to do what it does around weight loss. There's a million things that impact our weight, mm-hmm let's let that piece take care of itself. And let's focus on actually nourishing and supporting ourselves. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a perfect example of that, that kind of came to mind is, um, is people who are always like, "Oh, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, and they don't get out and do anything, right. And so they just get they just keep fixating on, oh, I want to lose weight while they're eating the, you know, the bowl of chips and the, and the guacamole. Right. Right. Um, and there's nothing they're wrong with chips there and all by and salsa.
2: Right. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't, right. But the point is, let's get you moving towards what you actually want. And that starts with you feel, having a relationship with your body that feels supportive, versus managing and controlling yeah
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and and i you know and identifying what it is that's behind it you know yeah oh the kids yeah. the, kid, the, the kids all all kidded me and all this kind of stuff when i was in grammar yeah. school or junior high or yeah. something i mean there's all these things that that we all carry around and don't yes right yes and absolutely the pain. Yeah. The pain
2: of our body story mm-hmm. needs to be heard. It's yeah. it, it lives in us, in ourselves. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Interesting. <sighs> well, I think we should probably try and, and wrap this up so you can get on to your, to your next appointment. And um, this is, this has been great. I really appreciate your, uh, coming on and talking about this it, it brings welcome. up a lot of old memories <laughs> yes
2: yes and this work does do that and I have a resource for those you know if you're listening to this uh-huh. and you feel yeah, like good. you know what I really want to I want to unpack this and you want to start the journey on my website at body peace with Nina it's all one word body peace with Nina okay, put that in the show notes as well uh-huh. yeah or Nina there's a journal it's a practicing body piece journal and it has 20 questions that I would ask you if you were sitting in a session with me to uh-huh. really start looking at what is your body story and how did this relationship mm. with your body evolve? And there are some of my body piece poems in there as well oh, um, okay. to support the journey. So that's a really great free resource that's there.
1: Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's the, that's great. Definitely. We'll, Good. we'll put that on in the show notes one of these days i'll figure out how to put it on the video it doesn't help for the audio but i could put it on for the video mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> put it on the list things to get to yeah exactly yeah so good well nina thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it you're very welcome. Very You're very it, welcome.
2: It, and what I would home. say to people, if they're listening and they resonate mm-hmm. and they feel like, you know, there is that painful story and there is that struggle is it doesn't oh, yeah. have to be that way. It doesn't yeah. have to be that way. You can change that narrative. And as we age, it's the most powerful time to go back and start healing that work so that we can do our next chapter with vitality and live in, in a way that feels supportive and nourishing. And my work is, you know, with women, either individually or groups. And I also do courses as well. And coming up in the fall is a body um, compassionate eating course. Um, uh. So if that's of interest, be sure to um, get on my email list at the, and get the journal for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds like it could be very interesting. Yeah. Um so I'm just going to wrap up here by saying that um, this is not to be seen as medical advice, and neither of us are doctor medical doctors. And with that, I will look forward to talking to everybody next week.